0: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at Chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, you're listening listening to and watching the Alter Perform show. The show about performing your best in business and life. We had a little time issue here. We're starting, by the way. Yes, we are. Okay, it's nice. supposed to be in a few minutes, but it's like live now. We're also live on Facebook Live. Jason, where are we right now today? Uh, we're on the uh,
1: Fremont East area in downtown Las Vegas at the Desert Moon Motel.
0: Awesome. Now, you've had quite – we're here to talk about your experience in getting this motel, uh, making it profitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we're going to share a lot of stuff in this, in this half hour, but, um, tell us on like, why did you say I want to buy a motel? Uh, you know,
1: something I, we haven't talked about Yeah. So, so I've been involved in, in real estate, um, was a real estate broker doing property management. And, uh, part of what I did was short term rentals. So, um, I, my parents also operated an Airbnb that I helped them out with <clears throat> and, uh, my interest in property management, um ended up bringing me over to uh, to this side of town and looking at these motels as something that I could possibly expand into that seemed like a natural fit for me. So, uh, you know, so that's, that's basically how I got into the, the motel side of the business. Great. Great. Um,
0: so, but you also have a capital company, uh, capital investments.
1: Yeah. So, um, Proximity Capital is my company. Um, we're a real estate brokerage, but we also do investments into um, different types of projects. So uh, we're a partner on another project that's over by the Stratosphere, um, and uh, we continue to, to make investments into the uh, Las Vegas and downtown area markets.
0: Good. Okay. That's great. Um, so you saw this motel, and were you in the, in, were you in the business looking to purchased in uh, we'll this area uh, no so what
1: actually happened was uh, there was another agent who had this property listed and uh, they were trying to sell it and they were having a hard time trying to sell it and then so um, I was one of the, the buyers that was looking at um, purchasing it mm-hmm. and one of my clients uh, as well and so um, what happened is right about when we were looking at it the listing expired with the other agent and the seller kind of took to me, he realized that I had a lot of knowledge about the, um, this local area market, and um, he reached out to me to list the property for him. So I, I started off this venture as the listing agent for this property. That's
0: mm-hmm. what well, so I thought. So yeah. you were in real estate before also. Then. Yeah, I'm, I'm still manager. in real estate. I'm a, I'm, I'm a real
1: estate broker, property manager, and a I'm permitted business broker. Hmm.
0: What well, so, you say, so, a permanent? Business broker. Oh, good. Yeah. So you sell businesses yeah. also?
1: Yeah. So, if anybody's involved in, uh, in commercial real estate, uh, if you're selling anything except for just land, a lot of the times it has a business attached to it, mm-hmm. a lot of agents don't know that you really need a, a business broker permit to be able to sell it. So, I, I went and I got my business broker permit about four years ago. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay.
1: Great.
0: Just ignore that timer. That timer is going to keep going off because it's confused. Yeah. We'll see if it works out. So. Yeah. All right. We'll right. about to start over again. Oh, yeah, nice, that's funny. Um, but we're live on Facebook, so that's good. How's it going, everybody? So, uh, for nobody. <laughs> well, there's always <laughs> coming people on. Yeah, it doesn't always show on, yeah. the, on it, but, um, So, you started, uh, you you found this, the listing just expired, uh, so you got this. And how long has it been? It hasn't been that long,
1: right? Uh No, so... Uh, I purchased it in August, uh, August 2018. Mm-hmm. So we closed at the end of August. Um, Last year. Last year. Uh, okay. Yeah, I uh, I first stumbled across this property uh, about October of 2017, mm-hmm. and then I um, listed the property for sale in I think it was in about like January, um, maybe December January. Um, attempted to sell it. We actually had it in contract with another buyer, um, which you know brings up the whole other side of a, of, uh, you know, why it's so challenging to get these motels, but I had it in contract. It was supposed to close, um, for $2 million and there was a bank that was supposed to finance it. And the bank came through seven, eight days before closing and they saw the triple X signs and they said, we're not financing that. We don't do anything that has adult movies. And that was it. So the deal fell out of escrow. And I spent another you know, six months trying to sell the property and, Everybody that was trying to buy it was was trying to use some form of financing and the adult triple X movies Which isn't usually the, the
0: case even if yeah. they I mean how much was it? Uh it was uh one point seven five million. So one point seven five million most people are uh, gonna finance it, even a big company will finance it, right? Yeah. They don't usually do a cash purchase for something like this, do they? Well, I mean
1: I have a lot of clients that are um uh, they're they're capital rich, so uh, for them, you know, buying a property like this is not a problem to pay cash for. But the, the general public, you know, they don't have money to they don't have money to do it. We had a lot of people that were really curious about it. Um, there's a whole bunch of people out there that are interested in operating hotels. So um, a lot of people in the Indian community buy um, hotels and motels. That's a big part of their you know uh, their uh, culture. Um, and there's a lot of people that. Just find it fun to do the hospitality business, whether it's a bed and breakfast or they just want to own a motel. There, there's just something cool and fun about it that really attracted a lot of people who were advertising it.
0: Mm-hmm. I see. So, but you ended up buying it. I ended up buying it. Now, I want to ask you a question because you brought it up earlier. Um, you said adult, if it's, they saw the adult signs and they were out. Yeah. So, why, why did that stop them? I mean, so what? Uh, we're in Vegas. They they do all sorts of adult things here. Yeah. It's like an adult town. All so happens in Vegas, stays in Vegas. Yeah. Tagline: Bite the city itself. So yeah. Why such a big deal about financing? Um, it's
1: a it's a bank thing. So um, banks uh, really hold their reputation to be one of their assets. So you know, if you have a bank mm. and it's got a bad reputation, you don't want to do business with it. Mm. I think um, th- that affects them. So they have. Banks have investors that they have to report back to. They have to stick to a certain plan. So, a lot of those banks have it written into their back end documentation that, you know, these types of investment that advertises adult entertainment, adult business, any kind of asset that advertises that and it's part of their business, their core business, um, they're not going to be able to finance. So, it just basically kicks it out of their guidelines. Now, you can get an exception, obviously, with banks. You know, they do exceptions for certain things. Um, but for the most part, 99% of the time, the banks aren't going to do an exception. Um, uh, and at, we were talking about it earlier, but one of the exceptions might be, you got a place like the um, MGM, uh, MGM property, MGM signature or, or um, or the wind hotel and they offer adult movies in their rooms. Yeah. They don't advertise it. They don't put it all over the place, but they do offer adult movies in their rooms. That might be something that comes up in underwriting for a bank where they're like, okay, now, we'll allow this because it's, you know, this is normal. You know, because well, that'd office. be an
0: exception, but advertising it isn't normal. Yeah.
1: Advertising. advertising it and promoting that you're in a, a, a motel that offers free adult triple X movies. It's not, you know, not good with the banks. Mm. And one thing I do want to throw out there, because I realize I've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs and people that might actually be interested in buying a motel. Um, if you're going to buy a motel and it's your first, and it's your first motel that you're buying, um, you should make it as part of your deal that you need to ask for owner financing. You know, if you you want to go buy a motel, it's your first motel you've ever purchased and you're going around there trying to find a motel to buy, work a deal and that deal doesn't have owner financing in it. It's going to be almost impossible for you to close on that unless you're putting up all cash. So one of the, the biggest tips that I can give people is that you need to structure owner financing, owner carry and if the owners of these motels are not willing to do an owner carry, then you're not going to be able to buy the property. So you might as well get that out there in the beginning. If you're working with a broker, let that broker know, you know, I'm looking for a deal where the owner is going to carry.
0: Carry some of it or all of it or 50%, 30%? What's the range?
1: As much as possible. So uh, standard in this industry is going to range anywhere between, the owner will carry anywhere between like 50 to as much as 80%. And if if they're going to carry more, so if they're going to carry like 80%, they're going to be looking for somebody to have some experience. Um, Mm -hmm. They're going to be looking for a strong person that's borrowing. So so that's that's a big thing. You know, when you're going out there, that's a a hurdle you're going to be up against. If you do want owner financing, get your ducks in a row because you're going to have to sell yourself to the seller and be like, I am worthy of getting an owner carry. I'll pay you back your loan. I'm going to do a good job of operating your property. Because if the seller doesn't feel like you're going to do a good job of operating the property, they're not going to do the carry either.
0: It's so, interesting. So but it's, common, so it's a common place for them to carry It is very common. And, and I can tell you right now that we mean carry a portion of the sale price yeah. uh, and, and the loan compared to the bank, maybe doing 20% or you putting 20% down or whatever the balance is, 50 yeah. to 80%, whatever range you're going to cover of that. Do they care how much you're putting down in capital and how much the bank is financing? Uh, Do they be uh, concerned about the payments back to them or anything because it might be too high or something? The the owner that's carrying is,
1: is going to be concerned with you know the ability to pay back and your and in your experience in operational history. Uh, the the loan that you want to get when you buy a motel, if you qualify for it, it's an SBA loan. There's mm-hmm. two types of SBA loans that you can get, and if you qualify for them, then you get interest rates that are uh, uh, prime plus like two and a half percent. Um, you're going to get a long term. So, uh, you know, 20, 25 years to pay off the loan. And those are really the loans that you strive to get. Now, one of the things that I learned after I purchased this motel, but I, uh, but I was able to. Uh,
0: Keep going. Sorry. No problem. The uh, director forgot to uh, silence his phone, but he can't do it right now. But yeah. So, um, if you
1: buy a motel, this is really important if you're, if you're looking to buy one, so you know, make sure you just write this down in your notes. If you buy a motel, you cannot refinance or into an SBA loan for two years if it was an owner-carry. Mm-hmm. So if you buy them and you use owner-carry, two years have to go by before you can refinance it. So when you structure your deal, don't ask for two years owner-carry. I did, but I had to go fix it later and I had to get an, a, um, I re, I
0: requested an extension two years. Now, just to be clear and yeah. you're talking about two years from the SBA or two years from the owner carry two years from when you close hmm. the, the, if you're going to go to a bank and you want to get an SBA loan,
1: they won't be able to approve you for your SBA loan until you've owned that property for two years, hmm. if you had an owner carry. So, um, and then also a lot of other banks, they won't allow you to use the appraised value for two years after you purchase it. So they're gonna want to use your purchase price. So, you know, when can that become an issue? Okay, you buy it and your goal is to refinance into an SBA loan. Mm -hmm. Well, if you ask for a two-year owner carry, your um, feet are on the fire to refinance that at at two years. I mean, you're literally giving yourself like, you need to close that day and there's no room for wiggle room. So if you're gonna ask for an owner carry, you really should be asking for three years um, or if the owner's only willing to give you two years, then you need to ask for two years with some ability to extend. And if there's a fee or something that's involved with extension, then that's fine, but, but you need to have that there. Don't ask for a two year owner carry if your game plans to refinance into an SBA loan. Because so it, it, it just, you know, it's not going to work out. Okay. And I can tell you that because I know um, I, I had to extend my owner carry by six months to protect myself. Because I didn't want to, like, you know, if anything went wrong and for some reason they couldn't fund the loan the day that we're closing, like, uh, or the day that the two years ended
0: up, that it would have been an issue. So are you, um, so you got owner carry and then you're getting an SBA loan at the end of the two years? Yes. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. That's a cool truth. And another thing, too, about the SBA loan. Why, why are you so open about how all the details are? Because you said mm-hmm. you want other people to know how to do this. Why? Why do you care? Uh. I well, I I, I would if we had time I would have prepped you yeah. to ask questions and stuff, but I don't mean that in a yeah. way. I just mean like most you know most people don't want to share that information. Well, I mean part of my business, and I'm in um, being a uh, being a realtor
1: and a, and a broker and having been involved in this business, um, I'm constantly sharing information. My clients come to me to ask me, you know, how do we do this? How do we do that? Or, or they ask me for advice, and so I like contributing. I like seeing people grow. So I, I'm going to be more open than other people. Mm-hmm. My mindset is the mindset of abundance, not a mindset of scarcity. And, and people that don't want to share their mindset is scarcity, that's like if you do good, I'm not gonna do as good. And I, I believe that we can all do good, you know, so yeah,
0: there's thousands of motels that we can go purchase.
1: Yeah, and there's tons of opportunity. Um, I was mentioning the, the market down here. You know, you got the downtown market and, and as you drive down Fremont Street, you see all these closed motels. And one of the reasons that uh, a lot of the motels were closed because Tony mm-hmm. Tony Shay bought pretty much everything um, up until 15th Street,
0: so all, all that's owned by Tony Shay. No, he's he's the guy. Uh, the Zappos, Zappos. Yeah. that guy, that guy, from Zappos. Yeah, the Zappos guy. And he's also the guy that did the. Uh, Cause some people won't know, and I've been seeing pictures now. I notice it. Mm-hmm. The semi trucks all twisted around. Yeah, the one you shouldn't take yeah. picture of. People take pictures by that
1: now. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. Obviously,
0: that's one of the reasons why he does it. Yeah. But uh, he's that guy. Yeah, he, he integrates a lot of Burning
1: Man art into the downtown area. Mm. So as you drive around, you'll see all kinds of stuff that looks like it belongs at Burning Man, and that's because it was at Burning Man. And They, they got the praying mantis that shoots mm. fire. Oh, it's here? You're yeah. There. Oh, yeah. I've yeah.
0: seen
1: that. That's right, at container park. Mm. So um, those are kind of yeah, they're, they're cool things. Um, <clears throat> the uh, Ferguson Motel is no longer going to be a, a motel, but what it is is uh, in the back part they have a, a tiny home park. And then in the front part, they've created this uh, out of the motel rooms, like this commercial boutique type shopping experience with entertainment in the middle. where They've got a stage. Um, it looks kind of like something that you'd see at a uh, like a college campground at like uh, uh, a university or something in California. They have like a lot of grass and concrete, um, and then it's got this big uh, big truck that sticks up that twists around out of the middle out of yeah, Birmingham.
0: Yeah, the one we're talking about, right? Amazing sound system. That's great. Cool. Yeah, it's great. Sorry, guys. I didn't realize how I could do this real quick.
1: <laughs> so. Uh, That's So, problem. R- Why?
0: Yeah. Oh, no problem. That
1: yeah. Happened. You're getting the real deal. Things happen. Um, yeah. Yeah, as you pass 15th Street, then you enter into this section where we're at. Um, we, we've got some extended stay motels. So they're owned by, like, the big guys. Um, you got got uh, Seagull Suites. And then uh, there's another big one across the street that's uh, that's also uh, owned by a, a big investor, and uh, the, the economy motel is right in a couple couple uh, buildings away from us. Then you got uh, you got the desert room motel, and then you kind of have a break where there's not any motels until you cross the the next street over, and that's where a lot of the opportunity lies. Uh, you've got.
0: Uh, the next street over. Yeah, you got the a couple hotel. properties
1: that are that are you know potentially could be purchased. Um, so you got like the Safari Motel. Um, there's another Town and Country Motel. So um, there's they even were, a. They're empty or being so, used or. The Safari is completely empty. It's got a lot of roof damage. Um, it, it it needs a lot of work, but it's got a really nice lot. At least to have a pool there. Mm-hmm. Um, that one's 23 units.
0: So I think we'll. look... Let me interrupt you just to make sure we get enough, I don't have enough time. Yeah. Um, two things I want to make sure we cover. Besides why are you successful, why would someone want to own a motel? Because you said it. Yeah. there's people out there that want to own a motel and there's the struggle with the capital financing and everything. Mm-hmm. You know there's people out there that want to own one. Why does someone want to own one? I mean, that's one thing. And, I, you know, we came by here you know, a few minutes ago and I saw how hard you were working. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're on top of it. Probably more yeah. than most people. You're, help, you're helping someone with flat tire. Yeah. Um, so why would someone want to own a motel? I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but you, uh, there's obviously reasons for it. Yeah. Uh,
1: well, there's a lot of opportunity uh, in owning a motel. It's a very rewarding business, and you get to you get to deal with a lot of people. Um, there's a lot of opportunity to to create rapid change, and so um, for that part, you know. I really liked it. I think a lot of other people are attracted to that. Um, there's what I would call like a great opportunity in the motel business because it's a business that not a lot of people know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a lot of people understand it. Not a lot of people have uh, have a lot of business in it. Um, but that, you know, anytime you have something where there's a, a higher barrier to entry where there's people aren't as educated, uh, it creates a lot more opportunity. So Just to give you a real quick example. Yeah, give us an example. So um, when I bought the Desert Moon Motel, the owner was doing everything on a spreadsheet. It was like handwritten. You know, here's the guest's name. It was a handwritten spreadsheet. Yeah, it was. So
0: it wasn't an Excel spreadsheet. (laughs) Yeah. David, if you're watching this, and uh, Elizabeth, my two friends there, like if you make plans, they want to make a spreadsheet of it. Yeah. Like we're going to the movie, they make a spreadsheet of it. But not electric. I know. I'm not exaggerating. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, you're seeing a handwritten accounting old school spreadsheet. Absolutely, yeah. They call them the daily reports,
1: the daily log. So um, that was what I came into was, um, and this is one thing I saw, is like there's a huge opportunity here to integrate this motel uh, with an online management system for motels mm-hmm. and then integrate with uh, Expedia, with booking.com, oh, with yeah. Airbnb. Were you,
0: if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong. we talked about something, about a room, and you looked at your phone about it. Yeah. Is that right? I, yeah. And just to text, something about the motel, right? Yeah, so
1: I, I have the whole motel on the palm of my hand, uh, which is kind of a cool uh, cool thing to have. So
0: uh,
1: basically there's a software called CloudBeds, and CloudBeds is by far one of the best programs out there. Yeah.
0: But yeah,
1: that yeah. Yeah, that'll uh, give you guys an idea. That's what I'm looking at when I run right in the motel. Um, so I can uh, I can see our occupancy, uh, I can see how many rooms we have available, how long guests have been there. We can upload their documents.
0: You, you can do make anything. a fill from the touch of your button too. Yep. That's yeah. your
1: we have a, a link on oh, our okay. website where people can click and they can reserve their room. Uh, we've also taken advantage of some kind of non-traditional marketing. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. I love
0: that stuff. We're yeah. kind of doing some of it right now.
1: Yeah. So um, we use uh, Yelp. And a lot, not a lot of motels use Yelp. So yeah. uh, we had the old profile shut down for the the motel that that they were previously using. Yeah, you'd have
0: to considering everything you've said. Yeah. About them.
1: Yeah. And so uh, we had we that to shut down. We put up a new profile. Uh, we started uh, uh, motivating the management here to um, drive people to, the, to Yelp to post reviews and also mm-hmm. to uh, Google. But uh, they were posting they were posting the reviews. Uh, we started buying advertising on Yelp. And, and to this day, I mean, we
0: get quite a bit of business through Yelp. So That's good. Well, I've seen you. Like, he's been very active social media. Um, I've seen him post everything. I've seen him post your gross income. Mm-hmm. I've seen uh, you post the Yelp reviews. I've seen you consistently talking about it. Uh, does that help to you, or why are you doing it? Um,
1: I, I do it to share with people. Um, you know, one one thing that's funny is when I bought this motel, I took so many investors here and showed it to them, and they're like, No, nope, no, nope, not interested. Not going to do it. No, I don't like the area. You're never going to be able to charge that much money mm-hmm. for the rooms. Um, I I was met with a lot of no's when I got it. And so uh, I know that some brokers around on my website that uh, had brought clients here. Um, I know a lot of people that mm-hmm. know me that, um, that I personally talked to about when I was trying to raise capital to to make the purchase. And um, by publishing all that information out there, you know, it, it lets people know like, Hey, you know, I was right. This is a great opportunity and you can really do something with this. Mm-hmm. And it may, hopefully I, I would like for it to make people think like, okay, you know, let me open up my mind and let, let me let me think differently. Let me let me look at these uh, opportunities differently. So some of those might be like clients of mine that might say, oh, okay, I didn't believe you before, but now I, do, I see you're doing so well, so now I you know I'd like to buy one. Mm. Uh, or you know we might um, get some more investors that decide that they want to put some more capital in. Um, so you know when we buy our next motel, we might have investors that are like, you know, let me know when you're doing your next yeah success no, story yeah
0: because yeah. I want to be well, part of it. This is what I'm doing. This is my success in less than a year. That's why I was. That's why I was making such a point of when did you buy it. I know you yeah. bought it last year. Mm-hmm. I actually. I thought I knew he bought it last year because I remember it. But at the same time, he's had such a, a such extreme success. I wasn't sure if I was remembering it right. Maybe mm-hmm. it was two years ago because I do that. Like, oh, it was just yesterday. Adam, that was last month. You know, yeah. I'll be off on the timeline. But mm-hmm. you had tremendous success for a small business. Yeah, especially a brick and mortar that it's not a retail place, but it's a physical place where you've had all these costs that you've been remodeling room after room. Tell, tell us what that's been like. Uh, well, you, you know, we've been going through the property. It's more modern. I can see that you must be changing it out so it's a modern look.
1: Yeah. We're doing, uh, like, we're using vinyl plank, uh, vinyl plank floors, which are great. They're, they're very you know, good for being able to clean. Uh, we're doing more of modern fixtures. I'll tell you, the the biggest challenge that we faced was actually taking these small kitchen areas Mm -hmm. and turning them into a functional kitchen. So uh, one of the things that we did, which to me was a great accomplishment, um, and usually I I don't like pat myself on the back for like doing things or whatever, I'm just like, I just do it, you know, I enjoy it, but uh, we we took uh, a a 53 and a half inch space, which is like a kitchen space, we were able to fit a refrigerator, two cabinets. A two burner cooktop and a sink all into this 53 inch space. And when I was when I was actually buying the cabinetry and I was sharing the design with the lady at IKEA, she's like, "There's no way this is gonna work. And your cabinets are gonna hit the walls. It's gonna, you can't you can't do this. You can't do that." And I'm like, "I'm doing it." So uh, <laughs> so so we ended up um, we did that. And that's one of the big things that our um, that our guests really enjoy is they like having a fully functional kitchen
0: space. So, so I I hear a recurring theme with you is that people keep saying no to you, mm-hmm. and you keep saying I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. Or, Let's do it anyway. Yeah. Have you always been like that? And do you ever let that get you down and stop you? Because we're you're talking about naysayers, and I talk in videos and shows and everything. I'm always talking about naysayers, mm-hmm. and they're all around you. Even your best friends will sometimes <laughs> will sometimes. Uh, yeah. do it and they don't even know they're doing it
1: yeah um uh, yeah I, i've always been like that Um uh, i've actually gotten better at it uh, as time's gone by it seems like the more times i get told them no the less it means to me so um, uh a lot of people they,
0: yeah
1: a lot of people let their their dreams and their uh, their visions uh get shot down by their mind first so they're like oh you know i've got this great idea and then all of a sudden like their mind's telling them, like, you know, oh, it's going to be a lot of work, or no, you can't do it, or, you know, maybe maybe I shouldn't do that because I don't even belong there, and that, you know, I, I don't deserve to so, be yeah. successful. There's it's so many reasons. reasons.
0: I'm too tall, yeah. I'm too weak, I'm too short, I'm too skinny, I'm too fat, you know, all those things. I'm too dumb, I'm too but, smart. But what is it? I, I don't have the time, I don't have the money, I don't have the resources. Mm-hmm. Tony Robbins on
1: me said that but. Time, money, you know, resources. Yeah, those are the time, money, and resources. that you're telling yourself that, um, you know, that's what everybody tells themselves. Mm-hmm. So, um, those are the three most common things that you're ever going to have for your own personal objections in your head. Those, those are not objections from other people. Those come from you. So, um, you know, if, if you don't have the time, you don't have the money, you don't have the resources. If that's why you're not doing something, you're sabotaging yourself. Now, if other people are telling you you can't do it. Um, you're just not gonna be able to make it happen. Like, why are you bothering? Like, those are external things, you know, and they don't mean anything.
0: So. Well, what? Is, why would you say that you're able to get past them? A lot of people don't. I mean, yeah, I, I, I do and I don't. You know, there's times I do, there's times I don't. Yeah. I'd say the more wisdom the more experience I have and stepping through it, I just see it as like, oh, okay, maybe next week, or oh, okay. I go through, you know, if it's a, if it's a no for a sale or or something, keep trying. But there's sometimes even for myself, mm-hmm. I think I'm pretty. Uh, I've got a good ability in in going through the no's. Mm-hmm. What has brought you to this that you are willing and able to do that? Um, like, what would you share? Really, what what would you share with people? How do you get through that so they so, can get through it?
1: Uh, so one of the things that uh, – I'm a, a big follower of Tony Robbins, so I always kind of, like, um, go back to some of the stuff that he says. But – and, you know, Tony Robbins will ask someone, like, you know, uh, what do you, you want to do with your life? Where, where do you want to go? And then they'll say, I want to do this, and we'll be passionate about it. And then will be like, well, why haven't, why haven't you done it? And then obviously then comes the list. I don't have the time. I don't have the money. I don't have the resources. And so he I often asks people, okay, I understand you can't do it, but if you could – you know what would you do to get there? Like if you could, what would what would the steps be that you would take to, to get to where you want to be? And I think that that you need to ask yourself like, okay, if I if I want to get to this point, if I want to do something, what are some steps that I could take to get me there that could get me closer to it, so that you can start working to to getting towards there, um, or to achieving or to doing whatever you want. But if you don't take any steps, um, you know, you need massive action. If you don't take any action at all, it's never gonna happen. You know, so uh, the best thing you could do is just take that take that first step towards you know towards doing whatever you want to do, and you know make a list. If I want this to happen, what am I what am I gonna have to do? You know, what things can I do to help make this happen? It might be picking up the phone and calling people. It might be making another list, which is you know how who are five people that I know that I could call that you know could help me achieve this. Uh, but it's uh, it's going to be different for everybody. Mm-hmm. But the most important thing is that you're just taking progress. So it's constant, never-ending improvement. You know, working towards your goals and, and and going in the right direction.
0: Yeah, I I look at it as like okay, I'm here. If I'm wherever I'm at, that's okay now. Like I'm okay with where I'm at, mm-hmm. and not look at the past. I mean, I do sometimes. So I should be farther along. I should not do this. I should have. Uh, you know, better this, better that. But I, I, I keep. If you keep refocusing, I feel if you keep refocusing yourself, say, okay, that's great. Shh. You know, but this is where I'm going. And you keep retraining yourself to take those steps. It's easier and easier to get to take those steps. Yeah. That's kind of the
1: thing. If if you're wanting to lose weight, like you know, your list isn't going to be like, okay, I want to lose weight. I'm gonna go eat a pizza today. You know, but you might be doing certain things that are not in line with your goals when you start writing them down, you know, and, and, and analyzing them. You start looking and going, okay, well, you know, I want to lose weight today. Maybe I should go run for five minutes or 10 minutes. And maybe maybe that five minutes or 10 minutes will be 20 minutes the next you know, day or next week. And, and then, you know, surely enough you get it towards where a routine and it's in your schedule and then you're doing that. Um, so, you know, it's important to, to figure out what it is that's going to get you to where you want to go take some action towards it.
0: Start where you're at (laughs) and work your way up. That's what I always say. So in in closing, what would you say uh, are like your top three things that you've been doing to uh, have your success? Uh,
1: Focus. Yeah. I think we're all guilty of getting too spread out and too spread thin. So uh, pick something and and focus on it would be number one. Uh, cause if you don't focus on it, then, then uh, you're going to get diluted, you know, as a as a person or a brand or you know whatever it is. So um, kind of funny examples like you meet some realtors and it's like, what do you do? Uh, I'm a realtor. I sell real estate. Mm-hmm. I sell houses, condos, land, commercial real estate. Like I'll be like, I'll sell you anything that's real estate. You know, that's not a very directed approach to the mm-hmm. business. So you know, if you're a real estate agent, you know, find something. There's so many things to sell. You know, pick something that you want to be good at and focus on it and study it and learn it and become good at it. And that example is not just for real estate, it's for everything. You know, there's so much business in one little, you know, one little section that you could focus on. There's no need to do everything. And the minute you start doing everything as a human being, you start diluting your, your value to people. So, um, that's a so focus number one. Yeah. Um, focus. Um, definitely focus on what, you know, where you're going and what your goals are going to be. Um, the second thing is uh, think outside of the box. So um, I've always been been that person who you know looks at things from every angle and comes up with ways to do things that uh, that maybe other people haven't. And so when I bought this motel, you know I thought outside the box, and I didn't have the luxury of, of uh, reading an article or watching a video of somebody telling me how to purchase a motel. I had to go figure it out myself. Mm. So. Um, thinking outside the box could be listening to you know, a, a radio show like this, and you know you're listening to someone who's a progressive thinker. And now they're interviewing someone who's a progressive thinker. What, what show? He's talking about the Ultra Perform show. <laughs> so you know you got uh, um, you're listening to somebody who's thought outside the box, and then hopefully that makes you you know think outside the box. So maybe you're not buying a motel, but maybe you're buying something else, and you might start to think, well. I, I only looked at bank options to finance what I'm doing. What if I looked at all the other options that are available and they might work for you? So What's number two would be number two is is, is think it outside the box, think
0: it you know? outside the box.
1: Okay. Yeah. Great. Being, being a little bit different. Um, that, a lot of the opportunities were where other people haven't traveled. So and
0: number three, uh, it could be more, but no,
1: number three, good. N- number three is, again, you got to perform. Um, you know, people are only going to listen to your promises. For so long, uh, if you don't deliver, then it, it dilutes your value, you know, as a, um, as a business person. Uh, so, you know, if you're going to dream big and you're going to think big, then you need to take massive action. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, that's something that's, you know, it's really important. And if you don't take massive action and, and, and produce and perform, then uh, you're going to have challenges. You're not going to get to where you want
0: to be. There you go. So we have, uh, let's see, three most important things. Focus, Mm -hmm. think outside the box, and you call it performance. Yes. Perform on those things. Yes. You can't just do those things. Oh, I'm thinking out of the box. I'm focusing. But I'm going to watch these. I'm going to do the Marvel Marathon at AMC or something.
1: Yeah. I went to go do the um, the Walking
0: Dead for the next three days.
1: It, I went to go do the rock and roll um, marathon uh, this past year. And it's funny because I, we're getting closer and closer to the marathon. And I'm like, okay, I need to train more. I need to train more. And funny enough, it was one of the few things in my life that I didn't train enough for. And A, the failing and not, you know, not finishing it. So I did like 24 out of the 26 miles. I just pooped
0: out at the end. It's called, so it's a rock, it's, it's a marathon, miles. it's an actual marathon. Yeah. The they call it rock and roll. You, yeah, you rock, and roll. rock and roll gear, or just they call it. That?
1: You can wear whatever you want. Some people dress as Elvis. Some people dress as whatever. Other pants? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I had done it three times the, the half marathon, so I did oh, the thirteen point one miles, and uh, I was good for thirteen point one miles. I mean, I, I did uh, actually had my best time running through that, mm. uh, but uh, you know, I didn't finish the twenty six miles, and you know, I I had the the dream, the vision. Um, but I didn't prepare for it. I didn't. I didn't, tra- I didn't, didn't train
0: perform. properly, but I didn't perform, so mm. I wasn't able to finish it. And I'm gonna try again. Great. Well, thank you very much for being on the show, Jason. Really appreciate it. We are here live in sunny Las Vegas at the Desert Moon Motel. Yep. It's uh, pretty awesome. Yeah. If you want to check
1: out the motel, it's uh, DesertMoonMotel.net. So you can see the rooms that we've renovated online, and it gives you some information on the property and uh you know feel free to call us anytime oh and uh, if you're watching the show and you decide you want to come to las vegas you want to visit our motel um mention the show and i'll give you one night i'll give you 50 percent off one night
0: so whoa 50 percent off that's awesome just for people watching the show so. great <laughs> great i guess i have to watch the show so i can get 50 percent <laughs> off Right. So you guys listen and watch for the Alter Perform show. You can find us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Radio, Blog Talk Radio, and many other places, Facebook Live, Instagram Live. Uh, keep your eyes and ears out for our show, usually at 5 o'clock on weekdays. We're having a special show today, and we will come out to you anywhere in the nation and maybe even the world. You also keep your eyes and ears out for our product, Ultra Perform product called Accelerator. You can find it at UltraPerform.com. It'll give you lots of energy, help you lose weight, and take care of that massive action. See you guys later. See ya. See cool. too. Bye guys. Thanks for listening.